Go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the One British Man podcast. It's a podcast which provides inspirational ideas and entertaining stories for all in part one, and then a little extra for English learners in part two. Fantastic. I want to share some thoughts with you today. I've decided that 2023, next year, will be a lot more focused on the podcast material. So if you're enjoying this content, there's going to be a lot more coming your way. I'm thinking a daily podcast diary, some Q&A sessions, English learning tips and advice, ebooks, and maybe even some private lesson discounts for members. Who knows? It's a plan I'm currently working on. And of course, I'll let you know once it's all pieced together. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling all Christmassy inside. As I look outside my window, it's white as far as the eye can see. I can hear the sound of my mother downstairs playing with my overexcited children. And there's a kitchen full of tasty Christmas food. Everyone's in high spirits. I say everyone. That's not entirely true. Now, I don't mean to bring the mood down, but of course there are people at this time of year who are not enjoying it that much. For some, Christmas shines a light on happy memories which may have been lost along the way. Then there's Ebenezer Scrooge. He doesn't care much for this time of year. Harry and Marv from Home Alone. They just want to break into your house and steal all your stuff. Hans Gruber, the villain in Die Hard. I mean, that's one guy you don't want at your Christmas party. It really takes the fun out of it when someone's trying to kill you with an assault weapon. And then there's the Grinch. Or as I like to call him, Dad. Before we start, I just want to say that my father has a very good sense of humour and so hopefully this won't cause any offence. But I do want to talk about some of the reasons why Christmas can be challenging for some people. There are always some deep and more personal reasons but we're not going to go in that direction today. Instead we'll keep it light-hearted and we're going to talk about the overconsumption of gifts, how people get overexcited at this time of the year and how we're forced to be happy at the risk of being called a Grinch by people like me. Oops. But yeah, just so you know, my dad is a good sport and actually he gets involved in festive events and celebrations even if it's not his cup of tea. He's an outgoing and social guy and far from the evil character that I'm suggesting. He's just a bit of a grump sometimes when it comes to excessive Christmas activity, that's all. Unfortunately, he's not on the podcast with me. It would have been really nice to have a chat with him. But... um yeah, he, he doesn't like Christmas and he doesn't want to talk about it. And so in true Grinch style, he's not here. He's up in the Grinch mountain in one of those caves wherever he lives. So you got me instead. I'm going to chat to you about some interesting topics around Christmas, some serious stuff. And yeah, a little bit of a negative view on it, but that's okay. We're still going to keep it fun. And it's just a different perspective. You've got plenty of positivity over the next few days. You can take a little bit of this. Let's go. The Christmas period seems to start earlier and earlier each year. I think it was early September this year that I saw the first mention of Christmas on a marketing campaign. And I was thinking, early September? 
I'm still wearing flip-flops in early September. Of course, Christmas is a business, and if we look at it from this perspective, then I share the opinion that it's ridiculous. It's about making people spend as much money as possible. My dad and I made a silent agreement many years ago to not buy each other anything on national celebrations. So that includes Father's Day, Easter, Christmas. And we decided this for a few reasons. Number one, we don't need any more stuff. We just don't need it. Two, we don't want to feel obliged to buy in things just because it's Christmas. And three, nothing says I love you and I care for you more than a non-materialistic gesture, like a hug or spending some quality time together, an act of kindness. You really don't need perfume and another pair of socks. Well, that's a lie, isn't it? Because I rely on my mother-in-law to buy me new socks each year. It's really hard around December time. My toes are sticking out the end of every pair of socks. I'm like, come on, Christmas, hurry up. My toes are cold. Uh, but Lee, why don't you just buy your own socks? <laughs> yeah, I, I could do that. I have children and of course I want to embrace the Christmas traditions by getting a few gifts. But we do make a conscious effort to not go overboard with this. I don't want to spoil them. That's what grandparents are for. I also don't want to make Christmas all about gift giving. Although I'm not that naive and I do understand that the other values come with maturity and children find that hard, all they think about is presents, of course. I remember that waiting game as a child. I woke up on Christmas morning at stupid o'clock and it was always the day my parents chose to have the longest lie-in. Why? Why Christmas Day? Eventually, I would hear the floorboards creaking and my heart started racing at the idea of ripping open all those presents but then they'd need a shower and then we had to have breakfast first and then someone would suggest going for a walk before opening the presents. Are you kidding me? Seriously, it was the longest morning in history and now I get to do this to my children because they should suffer the same way that I did. <laughs> I've always enjoyed Christmas markets and late night shopping under the Christmas lights but I mostly did it for the experience, to be around people and feel those Christmas vibes. I was always a bit shocked by the people walking around the city with 10 bags full of toys and perfume and boxes of chocolate. Like, why? Is it really necessary? Do these gifts mean anything to that person that you're buying it for? I love getting a gift as much as the next person, but the personal thoughtful gifts are the best. When you go on a spending spree and buy meaningless gifts for everyone just because you believe that's what you're supposed to do at Christmas, it's not the same. It's this obsessive consumerism that stands behind many of the issues we face today in relation to, well, let's take environmental problems and the continuous disconnection from real life values, time, family, love, you get the idea. But yeah, enjoy your gifts. I'll enjoy mine too. Just take it easy, yeah? I do think that if the Christmas period lasted for a week only, it would be more bearable for people because I do understand how it can become exhausting, especially when it's pushed in your face at every given opportunity. A special offer at every shop, endless small talk about Christmas plans and the radio. Please, no more Christmas songs. 
Imagine being a radio DJ at Christmas. You've taken this job, you've worked your career to become a DJ on the radio because you have a passion for good music. I wonder how they feel from December to mid-January when they're forced to play 25 songs on repeat. If I hear Mariah Carey one more time, I'm going to lick my finger and I'm going to plug myself in like a human Christmas tree. I know that this is something that grates on my old man, the forced Christmas habits. You must listen to the songs. You must join in with the festivities. You must be happy at all times. My dad has been known to book a short holiday over Christmas just to escape this intensity. And I think it was a way for him to be happy, but on his own terms. And I get that completely. It's just not real, is it? To be happy because someone tells you to be happy. What if you just don't feel like it? What if you've had a terrible week, month or year, or you're in the middle of a crisis, or you're dealing with some emotional stuff at the moment? Sure, Christmas can provide a temporary distraction from it, but I do understand that creating a facade, putting on a fake smile and being told to grin and bear it is not always easy. It's exhausting. It's not genuine. There's a pressure from society to be positive, and if you're not, there must be something wrong with you. You're a monster a grumpy old man, a Grinch. Maybe we should all take a moment just to consider that reality still exists beneath the shining lights and annoying songs. Life is still happening and people are still feeling the way they were before Christmas. And in some way, I respect the way that people are honest enough to express their true selves, even if that doesn't fit in with society's expectation. As long as they don't complain about it all the time and bring everyone else down, it's fine. So, what am I doing at Christmas this year? Well, I grew up as an only child, and so Christmas Day was always relatively low-key. Things have changed now, though, and I celebrate with the Swedish-Finnish traditions, not the English ones anymore, and I focus most of my festivities around my three young children. If you're a parent, I think you'll agree that seeing the excitement and anticipation in your children is a gift in itself. When I was in England, the day would start with a winter walk in the countryside a walk that usually ended at the local village pub, where the entire village would gather around 11 o'clock in the morning for a beer and to wish each other Merry Christmas. It was one of those really nice English traditions. I miss that a lot. And then we'd stroll home to finish off the Christmas dinner preparations and eat and drink until our hearts were content or until you fell asleep on the sofa, whichever came first. Nowadays, here in Finland, we celebrate on the 24th of December, not the 25th. It will be similar, but without that pub culture. We're going to play in the snow, probably, in the morning, open a few gifts. The house will fill up slowly since we're hosting dinner this year. Smoked turkey, lots of tasty vegetables, and an English Christmas pudding for dessert. That stays. Some English traditions have to continue. They're just too tasty to forget. I've decided to embrace Christmas without a strong focus on consumerism, religion and strict traditions. All of these things will exist in some way, but we're going to keep it authentic and celebrate exactly the way we choose to as a family. Maybe we'll even end the day with a classic Christmas movie. Earlier this week, my mum sent me a message. She was very excited because she found a new movie and she wanted to introduce me to the new movie that she found. We were going to love it, apparently, 
She said the kids are going to like this one. It's called The Grinch. Oh, mum. I politely explained that she was very old and that this movie had been the most popular Christmas movie of the last two decades. Thanks for the recommendation, mum. Merry Christmas, Dad. And since we speak Swedish here, Skål och god jul. And that's the end of the Christmas episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that little story. Um, I thought there were some interesting points in there. And although I don't think about that all the time, it's nice to give space to different perspectives sometimes. Um, if you're not an English learner, see you later. Have a good Christmas and I'll speak to you next year again. If you are, stick around because part two is coming and we're going to do some language analysis from that little story and monologue that I just gave you. We're going to pick out some expressions, some idioms, some new vocabulary. I'll try and pick out the more challenging, advanced, British, native, natural kind of language, uh, stuff that you don't hear all the time, so you can expand your knowledge. Some of you English learners like to do it your own way, listen to some pod... Shut up, chicken. Listen to some podcasts, read some books, that's cool. For those of you who like to work with a tutor, I'm an English tutor, if you didn't know. You can head over to speaktolee.com, where I teach advanced English conversation, uh, pushing you from the intermediate level up to advanced and beyond. Um, and we do one-to-one online lessons. Very interesting. You get to guide your own learning process. Um, it's not a school lesson. So if you're looking for a different way to learn English, come and have a chat with me. Send me an email, get in touch, whatever you want to do. Um, let's leave it there. Uh, part two is coming next. He's just a bit of a grump sometimes when it comes to excessive Christmas activity. A grump. Let's start with an easy one. I'm sure you know the adjective grumpy, but do you use the noun? You can call someone who is being grumpy a grump. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily being grumpy for a long period of time. It can be used just as an expression when someone doesn't want to join in with the fun activities. So take, for example, everyone around the Christmas table is wearing a party hat because party hats are really cool. Someone doesn't want to wear a party hat and you say, Oi, don't be such a grump. I think it was early September this year that I saw the first mention of Christmas on a marketing campaign. Mention. A mention. Again, you may have used the verb to mention, which means to refer to something without great detail, but the noun is also available to you. It's simply a reference to someone or something. So let's take an example sentence and use it with the verb and also the noun. Someone mentioned there would be free beer at this party. That's the verb. Someone mentioned there would be free beer at this party. If I use this as a noun, I would say something like, there was a mention of free beer. But I'm not sure who said it. There was a mention of free beer. But I'm not sure who said it. By the way, I like free beer. If you own a brewery and you're listening to this and you want me to promote you, just send me free beer as payment. That's fine. I take beer. But we do make a conscious effort to not go overboard with this. Okay, we're going to do two in one here. We're going to look at a conscious effort and we're going to look at to go overboard. 
So maybe two new phrases here, so you have to listen carefully. A conscious effort is a term that usually follows the verb to make. So if you make a conscious effort, you are making an effort or a decision that is deliberate and purposeful. You usually have total understanding and a special outcome in mind before you make this decision or this effort. Let me give you a couple of examples. We made a conscious effort to make the new student feel welcome. It means we did not do this by accident. We did it with intention. We tried purposefully to make the student feel welcome. We made a conscious effort to make the student feel welcome. Next, we're going to look at the phrase to go overboard. It comes from boating and some nautical idiom again. But if you go overboard, it means that you are doing something to a greater extent than is necessary. You can do something the right amount or you can go overboard. There is another common phrase that is pretty close to this and it's over the top. And it basically describes exaggeration. I went a bit overboard at the party and woke up with a banging headache. It means I drank too much and stayed too late. I woke up on Christmas morning at stupid o'clock. Stupid o'clock. Obviously, it's a bit of a slang term, but I've heard it quite a lot in my family over the years. Stupid o'clock generally describes a time that is either really early in the morning or really late at night. It's a stupid time of day when you should be in bed. A time that makes you think, hmm, this is stupid. Why am I still awake? I had to wake up at stupid o'clock to get to the airport, a time that you really wanted to be in bed, but you had to get up. It was stupid o'clock. And then someone would suggest going for a walk before opening the presents. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let's briefly discuss the verb. To kid someone means to joke with someone. Are you kidding me? is an idiom used when someone says something surprising or when something is quite hard to believe. So let me give you some examples. Oi, Lee, do you know your car is on fire in the car park? Are you kidding me? Here I said it with a surprise element. Another example could be, well, imagine you're waiting for 10 minutes for a parking space and just as one becomes available, the car behind you quickly drives in front of you and takes your car parking space. I would say, are you kidding me? It shows surprise and some kind of sarcastic anger. I'm pretty sure I'd say a lot worse than that. Perhaps I'd say, are you kidding me, you horrible cretin? Or how dare you, you spiteful bugger? Or, yeah, let's keep it clean, shall we? I do think that if the Christmas period lasted for a week only, it would be more bearable for people. Bearable. Bearable. Bearable basically means tolerable. If something is bearable, it means you'll have just enough patience or energy to deal with it. It's satisfactory. You can handle it. Keep in mind that it does suggest that the situation could be better, but could also be worse. Give you an example. I had to wait for six hours at the train station, but luckily I had some music with me to make it more bearable. For your information, bearable does not mean that you possess the skills of a bear. It is not bearable, it's bearable. 
I know that this is something that grates on my old man. Here's an interesting one. Great on. Great on. It's not great like it was great. It's great. G-R-A-T-E. If something grates on you, it means it progressively annoys you. Think about the things that shouldn't really be annoying, but somehow you just can't deal with it. Someone's annoying voice, someone's bad habit, someone's constant bad behaviour. His high-pitched laugh really grated on me. I'm sure you own a cheese grater at home, used for grating cheese on pasta. Just imagine that this guy's laughter feels like someone is grating your ears on a cheese grater. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? It really grates on me. Putting on a fake smile and being told to grin and bear it is not always easy. Grin and bear it. Grin and bear it. Oh, more bears again. It's actually linked to the previous word, bearable, and has nothing to do with hairy brown bears. It means to suffer pain and misfortune without complaining. To grin and bear it. Grin means to smile. So it's to smile and handle it just to take it, even if it's bad. Here's an example. I know the podcast is boring, but you need to learn English, so you'll just have to grin and bear it. Obviously, this is not true, because this is the best podcast in the world. And that's the end. The end of episode four nearly the end of the year i think this will be the last podcast episode for this year Um, i'm going to take a little bit of time now just to chill with my family my mother has arrived from england Um, if you need me contact me i have two websites and two different brands now speaktolee.com if you're interested in private one-to-one online english conversation lessons and onebritishman.com If you are a company or an individual or creator who needs a writer, a voiceover artist, a copy editor, where you can utilise my English language skills. I look forward to seeing you all next year. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all your support over 2022. I'm looking forward to a much more focused campaign next year on the podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See you soon. Bye bye.